You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. JP, Giselle, and Kyrie were here till midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7. Want to get your thoughts tonight on a little baseball. You know, we've been talking so much about basketball the past couple of days. And, of course, tomorrow night you've got the release of the National Football League preseason and schedule. So everybody's going to be excited about that. Who's playing, where they're playing. Uh, we don't know when they're starting yet, but a lot of good things. So we're going to be excited. And, of course, uh, as I know you know, uh, there is a uh, conference call on Friday about the NBA. Maybe we'll get some ideas about when they're going to start and some of the possibilities and planning, whether we're going to have playoffs, whether we're going to start with the rest of the season, whether we're going to have a little, you know, round-robin NCAA-type tournament for the eighth seed so we can figure out who's going to go to the postseason, wherever that is. But tonight, I just wanted to talk a little baseball with you. At 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. The question is very simple. Name me the top five shortstops in the last 20 years. Who are the top five shortstops in the last 20 years? Now, I know immediately many of you are going to say Alex Rodriguez, who was in unbelievable shortstop when he was in Seattle and early Texas. But remember, when he came to the Yankees, he was moved to third base because of the situation with Aaron Boone. And you remember, Yankee fans, that Aaron Boone, after coming off that unbelievable home run to get them into beating the Boston Red Sox and heading into the World Series, hurt his ankle playing basketball the offseason and was not available. And so what the... Uh, Yankees did was they went out and they brought in A-Rod. And A-Rod, who obviously was just an incredible, incredible shortstop, was asked to play third. And he became an outstanding third baseman. Outstanding. So you can add him on your list if you want to, but you know, keep in mind that you've got some guys who played shortstop most of their careers. So we'd like to give them the priority. Guys like Omar Vizquel and Nomar Garcia Parra and Edgar Renteria, Hanley Ramirez, Rafael Fercal, uh, Tulowitzki, uh, of course, uh, you know, my favorite, Jose Reyes, uh, just to, just to name a few. So I want to get your thoughts. Name me the top five shortstops over the past 20 years. Top five shortstops over the past 20 years. Obviously, Derek Jeter is going to be in that framework. Obviously, he's going to be on that list for his longevity, for him not only becoming clutch during the regular season, but was clutch offensively and defensively in the postseason. And as you know, with me, that's a big situation. I I really, when I look at players, and how players are ranked and how players perform and how good they are. It's heavy in my analysis how they perform in big moments, how they perform with pressure on the line, how they perform in the postseason, World Series, playoff games, key moments, ninth inning, those situations. How do they come up? Do they come up with 
the big play defensively? Do they come up with the big hit offensively? So those are big, those are big for me. And I will give you my top five a little later. I want to, to hear what you guys have to say and I don't want to influence you. <laughs> right. I don't want to influence you as well. So I'm very curious to hear what you've got to say. 1-800-919-3776, also on Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. I had the opportunity to watch both, up close and personal, Jose Reyes and Derek Jeter. And Jose Reyes was an excellent, excellent shortstop. Jose Reyes had great range. Obviously, his speed was exceptional. And... He made all the plays. And for me, that's what you want in your shortstop. The old baseball adage of being strong up the middle. The old baseball adage of building your team defensively by having a great catcher, shortstop, second baseman, and center fielder is really the way to win baseball games. It is similar to how we talk about winning in the National Football League when we talk about building from the line back. You win the game in the National Football League in the trenches. Of course, there are uh, situations where you need a really good quarterback in the National Football League. You know, you need some other things. But if you want to really get going, if you want to know what's happening, if you want to get your team in the right frame of mind, you have to be dominant in the trenches. And in baseball, a strong shortstop is huge defensively for your team to be successful very it's very important so i'm curious over the past 20 years who are the top five shortstops let's go to the phones uh spike in jersey you're batting leadoff on espn new york tonight good evening my friend real fast i'll get i want to ask you how you're doing all that good stuff uh, I, this is simple for me gene is obviously one uh, i don't you can slice it any way you want then i go no more I go Tulo, I go A-Rod, and I'm between uh, um, Vizquel and Reyes. Pretty similar players. Vizquel didn't hit quite as good, a little slicker glove, perhaps. uh, And sporadic hitters, slap hitters, both of them. That's it. You know, I I don't see anybody. Are those the top five? I can't think of anybody else. I'm sure we'll hear different things. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, who's your all-time? Vizquel is in there, too. Vizquel was was a heck of a shortstop. Yeah, yeah. I said Vizquel. Gina, of course, your power, Vizquel, Tulowitzki, who was underrated, really could hit. He just got hurt all the time. And A-Rod. Uh-huh. I don't think anybody else. Well, Tejada wasn't bad. Tejada was okay. Boston, those, all those years, had a different good shortstop every year. Yeah. But, uh, I really just, I'm glad I could, uh, you were able to get me on quick. I always appreciate that. And, uh, I don't want to be a downer. I'm not. I'm an up guy considering everything going on. I'm really mm-hmm. you know, happy about a lot of things. You're one of them. And uh, Larry, I think I know my sports. I, I can't see contact sports being played for a long time. I would love for that to be wrong, but I just don't see. You could play on Mars. You can play in Florida or Arizona. You can play. I saw the football league. There was rumors because I talked to Colin that they were going to take the non-division games and, and play them first. That makes no sense altogether in case it's cancellations. It will be tough to, you know, reschedule everything. But mm-hmm. I, I, besides like golf and, and car racing and uh, tennis, uh, where 
you know, I can't see how you can have man-to-man contact. One other thing, and thanks for the time, and it's a treat for me to wait up, uh, you know, stay up here. Michael K. said to me that I proposed this to him, and I'd love to hear your answer, mm-hmm. that they're going to bring an extra X amount of players, pick your number, six or eight, and if one guy shows symptoms or something, he's out, next guy in. This, and, and I respect, that's what Michael told me, he heard, or, mm-hmm. you know, that's the proposal. Yeah. Tell me how that makes sense. <laughs> it, 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 it's very weird, Spike, uh, to think that they would come up with that because here's the bottom line. If one, and think of it this way, and thanks for the phone call, Spike, always good checking in with you. Think of it this way. If one person gets the virus on the baseball team, right? You, it doesn't matter that you bring another one in. You've got to test the rest of the squad. Plus, Everybody around, plus the manager, the coaches, the, the, all the, the, the folks who handle, you know, the, the clubhouse attendance, doctors, you got to test everybody. Then with all this talk of tracing that's going on, then guess what? Now you have to trace where he's been around. Who was he with for the past 14 days? Let's just throw a random number out. So whether you have six or seven or extra players, to me, I don't know how that makes a difference because everybody's got to be tested. Even if, even if everybody was tested clear and now somebody comes in and they test positive, you got to test everybody else. And what if one or two others test positive or what happens in the, under the scenario of usually you quarantine if you were near somebody that had the COVID-19 virus for 14 days. So I, I, I'm lost. I don't know how that works. I just, I, that's crazy to me. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Wednesday night edition on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for joining us. Getting your thoughts on the top five shortstops in the past 20 years. On the phone and on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And so far, a number of you have checked in, like Jim Thompson 24, who says, A Rod Jeter, Noma, Tejada, and maybe Jimmy Rollins. He's, he's a little, that, that fifth spot is a little tough. Uh, it's a little tough for him, as has been for a couple of folks. But here's the, here's the thing that so far has happened. And keep this in mind. I said top five, and many of you are giving me just one guy. You know, I have Jimmy Rollins. I've got a couple of Jeters. Uh, you know, so I need more. Fill out, fill out the roster. One and only Big Mike, Jeter, A-Rod, Nomar, Reyes, and Tulowitzki. Uh, also Liquid Quants, Jeff Blauser, Derek Jeter, Miguel Tejada, Nomar Garcia Parra, Miguel Tejada. Obviously, or oh, he put Miguel Tejada twice so you, you can replace him with somebody else. And, um, he said he's, from Atlanta, so Braves Nation, we respect that with Jeff Blauser, <laughs> who was a solid shortstop, solid shortstop. Uh, Ryan Clut says, Gita, Tulowitzki, Reyes, Tejada, Rollins, honorable mention to Fercal and Omar Vizquez. And Spike had Omar Vizquez on his, on his, uh, on his top five, and Omar Vizquez was an outstanding shortstop. You had a, you had early in the, uh, early in the 2000s. Uh, you had unbelievable shortstops. I mean, Vizquel was outstanding. Obviously, Jeter, uh, uh, A-Rod. 
And on the other side, you had a couple of guys who were not as good, but were pretty good coming into that time period. And that would be, as one and only Big Mike mentioned, that would be Larkin and Ripken. Okay, so you you would give them honorable mention, but that's why I said the last twenty years to try to give you a, a, a little little tighter reins. Because obviously, if you if we're now talking top shortstops of all time, uh, you know Ripken's there. Ripken's there because he's he's kind of the guy that changed what the shortstops look like. He was one of the taller shortstops, right? He was. Uh, you know, a shortstop that hit with power when a lot of them did not. Of course, there's exceptions, but there were a few who did not. Most of them did not hit with power. And obviously, if you're talking, you know, further back, I mean, Gary Templeton, there's a number of great, great shortstops that, you know, that, that, that you think of. Um, you know, the wizard, Ozzie Smith. I mean, there's, when you talk about, when we start talking about the top shortstops ever, you know, that, that's an interesting discussion. But for this, we're only talking about your top, Shortstops over the past 20 years. Uh, at Incognito has just weighed in. Jeter, Tulowitzki, Tejada, Jimmy Rollins, and Lindor. Since you can't put A-Rod in, he played mostly third base. As I mentioned, he did once he came to the Yankees. That was the case, but he was a, he was a phenomenal, phenomenal shortstop. Michael's in the Garden State. Hey, Michael, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Michael. Hello. Hey, Michael. Hi, Michael. I'm talking to you. Oh, I said I was from Belmar. I have some thoughts about the uh, the baseball season. If you, I'd like your thoughts on it. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm thinking about the reason that the, the Major League is doing this realignment, and the main reason for that was to shorten travel time. And I'm not really sure whether a two-hour flight is any less risky than a five-hour flight, and conversely, a five-hour flight is more risky than a two-hour flight. And most teams travel by charter plane. Either they own them or they charter them. Um, and I'm thinking there's a lot of capacity out there in terms of planes, buses, hotels. So this is my thought. I think that Major League Baseball could actually start now. And in a very controlled, in a very safe manner. And also provide a mental health aspect to people that, you know, if they're staying home, they can watch a baseball game. No fans. I think that uh, have a schedule. Baseball stadiums are controlled. There's very few, well, relatively very few people. There's no concessions, etc. I would say you're probably involving about 100 people per game. Home and away team, uh, people in uniform, people that run the stadium, take care of the stadium security or whatever they need, uh, clean the stadium, and then uh, the media and management. And I think that teams can travel from city to city on a charter flight, they, they can certainly, there's a lot, not a lot of tour buses going on, so each team could, the home team, they can rent five, six buses for the next, uh, dedicated buses for the next uh, uh, five months or so. Uh, the planes, if they have to charter a plane, they dedicate those planes to the, to the teams to use for no other purposes. And there's a lot of hotels that are shut down right now, so why not, you know, the Yankees, for instance, uh, Book an entire hotel with at least a hundred rooms. And so, Michael, who is so? Several questions. And, okay, yeah. who's testing all these people? 
Who's well, testing uh, all the baseball players? Who's testing oh. the who's testing the the pilots and the flight attendants on the staff? Who's testing the the uh, the, the drivers who are going to be driving them back and forth? Who's testing all, right. all these hotel workers that you've got going? I, because what I, happens I, is the more people you put into this now, the more the more opportunities you have for this virus to spread. And keep in mind there what we're looking at right now is there are many places that have just started to open up where we're noticing that there is a rise in in folks who are being tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. So while I understand your while I understand your thought process there I'll answer your question. Okay, hold on one second. While I understand your thought process there there's some other things that you need to think about. Go ahead. Well, I can give a backdrop and say, listen, there's always going to be what ifs. And there's everyone who comes up with a what if is a reason not to do something. But I think that it, they're, it's not, they're, they're surmountable. And, you know, listen, a Walmart's open, a McDonald's is open, you can't go inside, but you can go to Walmart, you can go to a 7 Eleven, you can go to a liquor store. Um, there's a lot of what ifs that are already happening right now. Right, but Michael, in this scenario, you've got guys who are not going to be not going into the Walmart and not going into the McDonald's. They are right next to each other. Okay, you have a baseball player right now that is living at home, staying at home with his family, and going out to a Walmart. And he exactly, positive. And he you're right. Positive. And then and what then, happens? And then what happens when he goes to join his guys? Well, what happens when someone at Walmart? who works at a Walmart and not feeling well and is tested and are tested positive, talk about tracing everyone that went there. But let me, let me just give you the scenario that I'm, I'm suggesting. Uh, players fly into, well, number one, they drive to their ballparks. They have, they have private park, parking lots, so that's a controlled thing, just as if they were going to a grocery store. They drive into a parking lot. But let's say they get on a plane and... The plane is dedicated to them. Now, there's flights going on now, so I'm sure that there's taking precautions. They're doing temperature checks, etc. So I would suggest this. A team, a game is played at Yankee Stadium. Let's say the Orioles fly in or uh, Anaheim flies in. Every person, day of game, gets temperature checked. And that's common right now. <clears throat> it's common in my work right now. Mm-hmm. I would say, and, and, and I know there's a bad optics or people say if people get tested, if Major League Baseball players get tested regularly, they're jumping the line. I think probably most people would prefer that, not that they're jumping the line, because you just said there's more more testing is going to give more uh, cases, but I think the percentage as we go along, the percentage of cases from the larger number of tests are going to go down. But, but I would say uh, every Sunday, every team's going to play on a Sunday, Every Sunday, every person going into that stadium gets tested. And the results, if it's not the Abbott test that comes back in 10, 15 minutes, if it's the swab test that's going to be very prevalent, uh, comes back in two days. So by Tuesday, the results are in. So, so my thing is this, Michael, and thanks for the phone call. You've had some interesting thoughts. Here's, here's, here's where I stand on that. Let's wait. <laughs> if we wait... Another month, let's say we wait another month, we may have some of these things already answered. I understand that need to have sports. I understand what you're saying as far as a diversion. I understand all of that. And it would be a diversion. It would be. 
There's no question about it. And there's a lot of people who are missing sports right now. And there's a lot of players who are missing sports right now. But it's that rush to get back to everything when we could just wait another month and let's see where things are. And maybe they will have more advanced in testing. And maybe we'll have some scenarios where we can see that it'll be more amenable for everybody to get back. I don't know how the umpires are going to feel about being close to these players. I mean, there's so many, you know, we, we, we talk about this from the athlete standpoint and from the fan standpoint and whatnot. And, you know, it's funny. I, I was just looking online uh, and Jay Adande had an interesting comment about the NBA coming back. And he says, hey, you know what? <laughs> have anybody talked to the officials? How would, how do they feel about running up and down the court next to these players? How will the umpires feel about getting back on the field with these, with these guys? Especially the home plate umpire. I mean, in theory, the, the, the umpires on the bases can be six feet away. They're going to have to move closer to, to see some of these bang, bang plays. Oh, because we're not talking about video, right? We don't want to open that can of worms up again. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's right now. I just feel like it's a rush. I understand that. You know, all the commissioners and owners and presidents and so on and so forth have to put things and get a game plan ready for whenever it gets better to be ready to go. So for right now, where you make some salient points, I'm not ready for them to rush back into it right now. Give me another month because here's the thing. When it comes back, I don't want it to have to stop and restart again. When it comes back, I'd like for it to stay. And that's why I think if you take a little longer, we'll all be better off. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. All right, here we go. Getting some thoughts before we get back to the phones on what you guys have put online. Interesting discussion on Troy Tulowitzki. <laughs> There's some and, and Omar Vizquel, uh, you know, some folks not as big a fan as too low as others. It's I love the discussion um, on Twitter. I, I love it. Uh, here's what uh, here's Jay Clemente, nine, uh, 1980. His top five: Nomar, Jeter, A. Rod, Ripken, and Reyes. Uh, who else do we have here? Also, we've got. Um, Wood Butcher 56. This is interesting. Seeing a lot of East Coast bias here. No one mentioned San Francisco's Brandon Crawford, just a three-time consecutive Gold Glove winner. How about two-time Gold Glovers Edgar Retteria, Omar Vizquel, uh, Andretton Simmons, and Nick Ahmed? Oh, yeah. Then there's Baltimore's J.J. Hardy. Okay. So, listen, that's why we open it up. There's no East Coast bias. You put, put your folks in there, right? That's what you do. Very simple. Way I'm in. 1-800-919-3776. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next on 987 ESPN. What's up, Larry? Hey, Trey, what's happening, my friend? Everything good. You ready to go? Yes, I am, of course. Let's do it. You up first. Let's go. Okay, first, before I do that, you know that today is Nurses Day, beginning of Nurses Week. Absolutely. So let me just say this. Uh, You know we do Throwback Thursday. Yeah. Where we always play some of the, you know, tunes from back in the day, try to get people's conversation going and memory and reliving, you know, times where they had good times and things of that nature. Well, tomorrow we are turning 
Throwback Thursday over to the nurses. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're doing. So what I want you nurses to do is hit me up at hardest to ESPN or at ESPN NY 98 underscore seven hashtag N W T B T nurses week throwback Thursday. Let us know what you want to hear and we will get it on. Or if you related to a nurse, friend of a nurse, you can, Dedicate the song to them. You can do that all with that hashtag. Once again, the hashtag NWTBT. So that's what we're doing tomorrow night. It's your choice for Throwback Thursday for the nurses to highlight Nurses Week. And our shout out tonight, Trey, goes to Yale New Haven Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut. All the nurses and doctors and all the folks on the front lines who are doing the great report. And you know what? Here's somebody that we don't talk a lot about, Trey, in, in the hospitals that you mentioned. You mentioned the food folks, which is so good. Yeah. But here's yeah. the other people that we don't mention who are, you talk about front lines. We're talking about the, 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 the maintenance staff who have to yeah. come in and clean yeah. the rooms, okay? Yeah. And, and the maintenance staff to make sure that the heat is working and the air conditioning and to make sure those, those, those ventilators are working and the repairs, all the maintenance from, from cleaning to repairs, all those folks, we thank you for what you do as well because you're on the front lines as, to, as, as well. Absolutely. That's a, that was a great point, Larry. I, yeah, we, did, we haven't touched on that. That was, that was an excellent point. All right. You, can I go? Am I, is my Absolutely. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's go to work. So we're going to go to your borough tonight. We're going to go to Cavalry Hospital in the Bronx, which is also a hospice care. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to lift them up tonight and tell them that we're thinking about them, that you know, we appreciate all their hard work. Like you said, from the uh, from the people that's at the front, at the front desk, at the door, uh, everybody, the food staff, you know, like you said, maintenance workers, Nurses, doctors, thank you so much for risking so much to keep us safe. Thank Absolutely. You. Here, thank here. you, thank you, thank you. Can't say that enough. No. I'm about to make Buddha smile in a minute, but I want to okay. get to my list real quick. All right, I got Viscale is the greatest shortstop I've ever seen with my eyes. Um, mm. I say that I say that because of this. He played every position in the infield, I think, except maybe with an occasional first. Right. Uh, he did it at a high level for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. He was doing it on his way out the door, on his way out the door. He made a play that I was actually at this game. He made a play against Danny Tartable where the ball looked like it ricocheted, caught a, a crazy hop. I was there with my dad, Yankee Stadium, crazy. And he mm-hmm. burned Danny Tartable like it was nothing. Danny Tartable didn't have wheels like that. But no. he made he, he got him out. He made, he made the very difficult look extremely routine. He's a great, he was so a great player. He's yeah, a great, Omar Vizquel, Vizquel was great. I've ever seen. Yeah, best I've ever seen. But of course, Jeter. Um, I like Reyes too. I thought his range was insane. He could, he, he could was. pick it. Yep, he could pick it. Um, yep. uh, let me see, Tejada. And I'm gonna tell you one who I want in my city. I want Lindor, man. I know you I do. A, I think he is the complete package. I've been talking about him for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, I think he's the complete package. And man, he would look good in some New York. He sure would. He sure would. Larry, you know, oh you know what? It, it, it's mm. funny you mentioned, uh, you know, we talk about Reyes with the Mets, but you mm-hmm. know what? I loved, and he doesn't, he didn't, his problem was he, he was, he was very inconsistent making the regular plays, but he made mm-hmm. the fantastic plays. Yes, he did. Ray Ordonez. 
Yeah, Ray Ordonez with the Mets and shortstop. He was unbelievable with the glove. But the simple plays, he he was real inconsistent. But he he made. You know, you know what you know what he looked like. You know what he looked like when he it looked like when he was thinking about it, and then he you know he made him made a mistake. Almost like remember how we talked about Clint Frazier was doing that last year. Mm Hmm. And 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 in baseball, Larry, the ball will find you when you're scared. Sure will. It will find you, Larry. Yes, it will. And that ball found that kid that night that we talked about it on the show. I Me, mean, you and Ty did. It, it'll find you. Yeah. So, you know, and I think that was kind of raised problem. He was a hell of a player for us, man. He but was. um uh let me uh real quick too, Larry. Uh the, yes. uh Charles Barkley, man. I feel so bad for this dude, man. I guess Michael Jordan is having little cathartic moments, isn't he? He's just around yeah. just riling up everybody. You know what I mean? He's just riling up everybody. He riling up Spike Lee was on Good Morning America. And, and yeah. he, he likes this. He's enjoying this, man. He's sitting down to, there. We need to check out what's in that glass. Yeah. He's sitting <laughs> down there with the Puerto Rican princess just smiling right now, man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, look at him. Look at him. And they're buying my shoes. And they're yep. standing in Green Bar Mall in Atlanta, Georgia, with no mask on to buy my shoes. Oh, it's ridiculous, Larry. <laughs> it's, isn't but I'm going to make y'all smile about this coronavirus thing. I had an epiphany at work today of what it made me think about. I love movies. This thing mm-hmm. made me think about the scene in Vacation. Do you remember the movie Vacation, Larry, with Chevy yes. Chase? Yes. You remember when they got to Wally World? Oh, remember they were going to Wally World, right? And mm-hmm. this is after the, the the aunt had died and they they strapped it to the hood. Remember all of this stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. And remember the, the family wanted to turn around, right? Uh-huh. And it was like, man, let's just go home. This this is dead, man. This, let's just go home. We done killed the lady on the roof of the car. You ain't got no money. And Chevy Chase turns to his family. And this is how I feel about this coronavirus thing, mm-hmm. especially in that city, especially up in New York. We're yeah. almost at the finish line. Yeah. And now y'all want to act stupid. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, all like, the hard work you've done. Yeah, after all the, after all the mitigation, now you want to go and mess it up and just to sit in Central Park, just to sit in the park. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. We the finish line was was right there, man. You gotta be smarter than this, New York. That yeah. will all come in time. That will all come in time. It just made me think about vacations, so so I could laugh, Larry. I'm telling you, because this is just thinking about this every day is extremely depressing if you let it get to you. I'm not that type of person, but I can see how I could get to people. This is and, ridiculous, and we and we got to think and do better. And it doesn't help when you, when you're watching, you know, your various news outlets and you're seeing people, there are all these people on the beach and, you know, you're seeing these Larry. people getting their hair done and their nails and you're like, dang, well, I'm just going out for a minute. Right. I'm just going, I'm just right. going out. Look what they doing. I'm just going out. You know, I don't need no mask. I'm not going, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going no you know it's not nine or ten of us going we're not doing no party we're not having no party downstairs i'm just just going to the park but it it, it's not see what you have to think of it's almost like driving right Right. you know you can drive but you Mm -hmm. got insurance against somebody else hitting you that's that's right (laughs) so 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 we know you're okay all right, but you right. got to protect yourself from somebody else, and some and, and right. they and they're protecting themselves from somebody else. And if you think that way, then that's how we that's how we're able to get this done. Because you know we're getting close. We get here in New York. Right. We're getting close. When they're starting to talk about, we're getting committees together to to evaluate councils to evaluate how we're going to reopen, and with the you know the fifteenth is coming. And we, so it's right here. It's like it, it's right here, 
And, and, I, and I'm not, and I don't mean to cut you off. I'm not in mm-hmm. nobody's pocket. I understand that right. people got to go out and make a living. Oh, no but question. Unless you, unless you vendor and dogs out there in Central Park, you do not need to be out there, man. Like, come on, let's be, let's be serious about this. This is serious, man. And we was right there at the finish line. And yeah. just because of, you know, some people not, not being very smart, man, we're going to, and then guess what? The fall is coming. Flu season will be here yeah. again. And then yeah. we got to deal with this again. And then yeah. you got to be worried about fall sports again. People, kids in college. You know what I'm saying? This is messing up a lot of stuff for a lot of different people. You know? And it is. Now you're, it talking, really you're is. talking about a stress, a stress medical service again in the fall. This is yeah. not fair to them. This is nope. ridiculous, man. I hope that we clean it up, New York. Yeah, we have to. Thanks, Trey. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. We'll hear from Aaron Boone. I keep hearing these stories about Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge, we're still not sure about the rib. We're not sure about the surgery. We're not sure about what's going on. I mean, Yankee fans, it's May. Okay, he would have missed, what, five weeks of the season already? And you still don't know? The off season, the preseason, the, 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 you still don't know what's going on with this guy? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.